Have you got a smile this morning? Really? I don't see it. <laughs> God is good, amen? amen. Hallelujah. I, I just really appreciated uh, the prophetic word this morning, but also the song of the Lord, the prophetic song. Those are very important things to pay attention to because the Holy Spirit actually knows what He's doing. And if we open up our hearts to what we see happening, it may not be the, the normal routine or whatever, but God moves through people. And uh, I was reminded of a verse uh, in John that is said that the Father seeks such to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was going among us saying, will you worship? The Father seeking worshipers. And uh, we, need to, we need to open up our hearts and respond. That's the word. Amen? If you believe the Bible, those things must become a reality to us and not just a form or something that I do just because I'm here. Uh, I think being sensitive to the Holy Spirit is so important in the day that we live in. Uh, with all that's going on in the world, if we ever need the power and ability of God, it's today. It's today. It's today. And we need to know how to walk in His strength and in His courage. And I was impressed with Olivia this morning because... Uh, I have been meditating on what God wanted to share this morning, and I, I did have Isaiah 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall re-exchange their strength. Isn't that all right, Lord? That's a confirmation for me that I have the right word, and you are the right people. Amen? We're all the right people when it comes to the word. Hallelujah. Um. The whole book of, uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, is a really a really neat chapter, and I, I would like to just kind of give a little bit of an explanation of the word wait there, and I know we heard Dr. Brown explain it very well. It, it's to be woven together, but one of the Hebrew meanings of it is, is uh, it's like a spider making a web. Every part of it is connected. And I want to I show you in Isaiah chapter 40, uh, when you wait on the Lord and you're looking for connection, I want to share with you what Isaiah 40 actually exposes to us about God. Who are you interweaving with? What has he got in Isaiah 40 that goes with waiting on him? What's in Isaiah 40 that actually enables us to understand what God is offering to those who wait? Uh, I know he's offering strength, and he's offering a sense of eagle power, using the wind to soar and to mount up. And there's a, um, some videos on, you can go online and say, eagle kills wolf. And you can actually see an eagle kill a wolf. And when an eagle is mounted, it has a power that it does not possess when it's just on the ground. And I remember watching a video on YouTube, uh, and it was uh, this mother 
sheep in the wild saw an eagle. And she head for the bush with her baby, and, the, and the, the, the baby followed her into the bush. And the eagle came, and he, he was going to capture one of them, but he came and landed in the bush. And that mother sheep knew that the eagle had no power and actually attacked the eagle. But when the eagle was mounted, the sheep were running. And it's a picture of the power of God that is available to Christians that he wants you to mount up and have authority and power. But when the eagle landed in the bush, the eagle couldn't mount up. And so therefore, Mama knew, and Mama attacked the eagle. But what is it in Isaiah 40 that God reveals to us about himself as to who we're actually intertwining with and who we're in the web with and what does he say about it? And that's what I want to talk about this morning. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with eagles. They'll run and not be weary. And I think sometimes we live far below the potential that God has actually designed for us to live in. And sometimes we need to actually come to the God and just say, you know what? I want to be interwoven with you. One of the Hebrew pictures is the, 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 the spider making a web, the word wait. And in Isaiah chapter 31, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And sometimes the Christian life becomes a time of weariness. But sometimes I think we live life and we forget that God is with us. And sometimes we go through difficulties and all we see is difficulties, but we don't see God. I mean, I don't know about you, but I kind of go through those things. And every once in a while, God wants to come and exchange something. He would like to give us his divine ability and his power so that we could soar like eagles and be mounted up and not in the bush where we can't mount up. And sometimes problems are like a forest before us. We're in it and we can't mount like an eagle and God is saying to us in that place and in that time, you know what, I'd like to come and exchange my strength and give you what you need. Your inability your weakness, your failure. But here's what one of, the, one of the ideas of this verse is. I want to come and strengthen your strength. In other words, I'm going to exchange your strength for my strength. I want to give you my strength, God says, in exchange for yours, because mine's better than yours. How many know that's a good deal? 
Amen. And so let me start and let you, I want to, I want to show you the web. Give you some words that create a web that we're to become entwined with so that we could mount up. Are you interested? No? The first thing in Isaiah chapter 40 that we see is comfort my people. You know, God is very interested in comforting you. One of the things in the web is comfort. One of the things he wants you to become attached to in him is his comfort. Comfort my people. That's the heart of God. He wants his people to be comforted. He wants you to be comforted in which, where, whatever place you find yourself in. Because sometimes when we're uncomforted, we're in a place where we can't mount up. We can't soar like an eagle. The second thing is forgiveness. And he says that her warfare is ended. Cry to her that her warfare is ended. You know, sometimes we carry on in a war that, that God says, you know what, I can end this for you. Amen? Yeah, I, I can end it for you. And when we, when we wait on the Lord, we come entwined with who he is. Wars end. Because he is the victor. Amen? He is the victor. When I wait on the Lord, I'm intertwining myself into his victory. Her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord. And it's like, you know what? God looks down on all of our lives and says, enough is enough. I'm here. Have you ever walked in guilt that just keeps on coming back over and over and over and over again? You ever experienced that? That's a type of a war. Eventually what happens is, is that guilt turns into condemnation and then we get down on ourselves and we're not doing too good. God sees that and he's saying, you know what? If you just connect it to my forgiveness because I've dealt with it. As far as he's concerned, everything has been dealt with. And in our, in our finite minds, sometimes we don't grasp the infiniteness of God. He is infinite. He prophesies of the prophet of the, the ministry of John the Baptist in verse 3, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. 
Wow. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain shall be brought low. The crooked place shall be made straight and the rough place smooth. Sometimes we go through things that are rough. Sometimes we go through valleys that are just terrible. But God says, you know what? I'll lift you up out of the valley. And any mountain that stands before you, I'm going to bring it down. That's who, you're, that's who you're waiting on. That's who you're getting entwined with. A divine ability that can destroy mountains and bring you out of the valley. And when the, plate, when the road doesn't look very straight and it's all crooked and, and it's kind of like mixed up, I'll make a straight place for you. I kind of like that web. I'll make a straight place for you. Hmm. Verse 5, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken this. Wow. In my mind, I, I, I think, you know what? I don't know if we really know what the glory of the Lord really is. <laughs> I've seen the glory cloud about three or four times in my life. And whenever I've seen it, miracles happen. The glory is part of the web. When we intertwine ourselves in with God, we intertwine ourselves in with somebody who has everything we need. He has everything I need. He knows every problem. He has every solution. He has every strength for every weakness that we would ever face. He has the success for every failure. And he's looking to us to come and say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to intertwine my, wife, my life in your web of who you are. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it. I think it's difficult to be connected to someone who's glorious and not see his glory. I think it's difficult. Because it's not in our theology. It's not in our belief system. It's not in our expectation. But those who wait will be tied to his, the revelation of his glory. And God is actually... I mean, this morning's service was very unique. Very unique. And very specific. I saw Olivia fumbling up there trying to get her mic on. But I'm, you know, thank you for not saying, oh, well, it's okay. It's not okay. What you did was right. You, you, you persist. If God gives you something, you persist to say it. Because it means something. And to me, what it meant to me was, 
I have the right message. Because I wondered. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. You know, when God opens his mouth and says something, it means something. Amen? And it's not just words. It's words that will actually come to pass. It's words that will be realized. It's words that we will see. All flesh shall see it. What did God see when he said, well, he is glory. And I think our expectations must come from heaven because where, where God sits is full of glory. It's all glory. There is no fading. There is no weakness. There is no sickness. There is nothing. It's just, it's all glory. It's, it's, it's amazing. And he said, you know, if you, just, if you just entangle yourself with who I am, you'll see my glory. I believe that. I, I remember the first time the glory cloud appeared right in the middle of this, this section right here, one of our conferences. And I said, if you need a touch from God in this section, just go ahead. And Pastor Ron Short was... An, he had a puffer because of, of asthma, and he doesn't use a puffer no more. Amen. Nobody touched him. The glory of God was revealed, and he saw it. Yeah, he says, oh, I didn't use my puffer. I, didn't, I don't need it no more. That was a few years ago, and he's still not using it. And there's something about God that I think... <laughs> There's something about God in his aspirations to come down and be with us in who he is. Amen? Not, not in who we imagine he is, but really who he is. Because sometimes I don't think our imaginations are big enough. Nor are thoughts extensive enough to actually understand nor know who he really is. But when he appears and he manifests himself, things happen. And there are good things that happen. And, and God says, you know, those who wait, man, you're going to see my glory. And, and I remember being in Mexico. And we were, we, I went there with Pastor Kirk Duncan, and we were prophesying over people. And we went to a church, and, and the Spirit of God came upon me. I ended up on the floor, and they had to pick me up and stand me up. And, and you know, it, it looks kind of like weird. But when God imposes himself on you, you know it. And sometimes you show it. But I stood up and I saw a glory cloud in the middle section of the congregation. There were three sections just like this. There was about 500 people there. And we had 20 more people to prophesy over. And so the pastor's wife said, well, I, I, said, I said, do you see the glory cloud there? And Kirk says, no, I don't, but I'm glad you do. And uh, so the pastor's wife says, we have 20 people more to prophesy over, so we're, what do you want to do? Do you want to just line them up and have them go by and just touch them and done? Or do you want to go with the glory cloud? I said, we're going with the glory cloud. What happened was uh, the Holy Spirit started to move, and we broke up into three groups. 
of ministry, and each, one group took each section, and by the end of the day, they were all ministered to, not just 20. It's like that was God's plan. He just imposed, he just kind of interfered with our schedule and our thoughts. And sometimes, you know, we need that. <laughs> sometimes we need that because we get so routine-orientated, God just comes and says, you know what, I'm doing this. I'm just going to put you down on the floor and I'll get your attention. I'll show you something, and away we go. And I'm thinking, Lord, <laughs> I'll wait on you. I just want to be intertwined with who you are. I'm not interested in religion. I'm not interested in just whatever. I want God. I, you see, when we, when we ministered to three sections, we mounted up on wings as eagles. We went through there. We never even got tired. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. The scripture is actually true. Verse 6, the voice said, cry out. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass and all the loveliness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flower fades. But the breath, because the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely this people are grass. <laughs> he didn't say weeds. You, you ain't no weed. He just says, you know, these people, he's trying to make a comparison here. Grass comes and goes. What's the point? The point is this. But the word of God stands forever. It stands forever. His truth never ends. His power never ceases. The realities never fade. The truth is revealed. You see it, you experience it, and it's real. And it will be, it's always like that. It never withers. Oh, well, you know, the Word of God is just kind of dried up. I don't know about you, but I want to be entangled with Him concerning His Word. I want to be impacted by what what doesn't fade nor cease. And when we allow the Word of God to impact our lives, we move into a dimension of not fading. And we move into a dimension that's not like grass. It's like eagles. You soar with the wind. You soar with the Word. It's eternal. It's always, it's always there for us. It's always available. The realities of it are always there. And God is waiting for us to somehow come and just in, in wait and entangle ourselves with Him and allow who He is to flow through our life. Deal with our problems. Help us with our situations. Amen? I mean, that, that's a reality. 
God is not a mystical God that is not experienced, nor real, nor somehow just a myth. What he said will never ever fail or fade or end. You know what that means? That means our life can be continuously progressive in understanding and knowing God in his experiences that he has for us. In the reality of his truth. Hallelujah. There's so much in this chapter. O Zion, you who bring good tidings, get up into the high mountain, O Jerusalem. You who bring good tidings, lift up your voice with strength. Lift, lift it up and let not and be not afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. So what were they supposed to see when he said, Behold your God? What he just said. The revelation that was coming. Behold your God. Behold God. Behold God. When you tangle yourself up with God, when you weave yourself in with God, you behold him. You begin to see him. You begin to experience him. You begin to know him. You begin to see him work. You see him in his infinite power, awesome wisdom, and knowledge that we all need to live a life like an eagle. Are you out there? Man, you're quiet. Lift up your voice. You know, I, I just, it, it's amazing. Behold your God. Grasp him. Lay hold of him. Endeavor to understand him. Endeavor to know him. Embrace him. Allow him to come. And just shake the world that's trying to shake you. Let him come and devastate those things that want to devastate your life. Behold your God. He is not weak. He is not powerless. He's not useless. He's not ending. There is no beginning. There is no end. He is who he is. He's all of time. He's all of eternity. He's all that we need. Everything we ever need is in him. And God is looking for a people that will come and wait upon him and entangle themselves with him and allow him to show you. And when you can say, behold your God. I remember being in Mexico and, and, the, and the, they asked a the little boy to come and stand. He's just about this big. Come and stand beside prophet Kirk Duncan. And he stood there and they said, look at that. The old and the new. The young and the old. And uh, they said, pray over him. So pastor puts his hand on and he goes under the power. And I'm thinking, wow, that's kind of cool. What's God saying? I'm trying to behold him. And so I, I, I thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test something out here. So I got up on the edge of the platform, and it's probably another step higher than this, and I called all the little kids forward. 
Because when God touched that little boy, he was saying something. Look what I'm doing. And I called these kids up. And I said to the little boy there, I says, you kids are hungry for God, eh? Yeah. And I said, just lift your hands up. The Holy Ghost kick came upon them. I had to see what he was doing. Behold your God. I mean, I could have stood up and said, just be, behold your God. He's at work. Look at, look at what he's doing. Well, it's not normal. Well, God is not stuck to our normality. He's all-powerful, and if he ever touched you with his power, you may not ever live again. You just take, he'd just take you home. And, and I, think, I think God is trying to say, behold me, look at, look at, look at, watch me. See what I'm doing. Behold, your God shall come with a strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. This is the web, I believe, that 31 is talking about, is who God is. And all that God, uh, all that we can understand creates this web and says, you know what? If you become part of that web and you entangle yourself with him, you're going to soar like an eagle. You're going to run with his strength. You're going to walk with his strength. You're going to work with his strength and you won't grow weary. Because you're not walking in your own strength. You're not walking in your own ability. You're walking in divine ability in which he is actually doing the work. How many of you struggle sometimes, you don't need to put your hand up here, with thoughts that constantly hammer you all the time? What do you do with them? Well, he's provided us a weapon. I've learned how to use it. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not natural. They have nothing to do with us. But they are mighty to the tearing down of strongholds that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, taking every thought captive to Christ. Your past wants to possess you and bring you back into its bondage, its guilt, and it wars against your mind. And it exalts itself against the knowledge of God Meaning, I'm free from that. And I have learned to take every thought captive to Christ. And it took a while for me to really get into the groove of it. But when I get attacked in my mind, I say, I take you captive to Christ in Jesus' name. And it leaves me. Instantly. And for a while, it didn't leave instantly. But as I walked in that authority and in that power, it's not our power. It's not our power. It's divine ability. And when you do what the Word says, it works. And so, I got onto this and, and, I, and I still do it. And one time I thought, you know what, I'm going to try and call this thing back. I'm going to see how good this works. It couldn't come back. 
When you weave yourself in the web of God, you're you're woven into the weapons of warfare that are not your strength and your ability. All it takes is our obedience to do what the Word says, and God acts. Just like that. Hallelujah. What time is it? Eight minutes after. Well, let's get down. I'm just going to go through a list here. His mercy, His glory. His mercy of comfort, forgiveness, His glory will be revealed. His eternality. When you, when you tie into God, you're tied into what's eternal, which means it doesn't end, stop, or fade, or fail. It is always consistent and always there. The other part of it is his gentleness. Do you ever try to comfort somebody and be mean? No, it's no, his gentleness. God's word stands forever, is eternal. His gentleness, God will treat his own with his same tenderness as a shepherd displays for his flock. God loves you. I think that was one of the emphasis this morning in worship time, was God loves you. If you love somebody, you're not going to mistreat them. Amen? God loves you. His gentleness. His omnipotence. Is verse 40, verse 10, 12, and 26. He is master over all nature. He created it. His omnipotence. He is the master. He's all powerful. When you come into the web with God, you come into his all-powerfulness. <laughs> I, lo- I, love, I love that. He is all-powerful. There is nobody as powerful as God. There is no demon. There is no storm. There is no desert. There is no rain. There is no snow. There is nothing that is greater than God Almighty. Nothing is greater than our God. And when you, when you come into his web and weave yourself in there, you walk in his power. You walk in his authority. You walk in his divine ability. And then there's also the omniscience or all-knowing. He knows and understands all things and needs no one to counsel or advise him. In other words, when you come to my web, don't try to tell me what to do. Submit to what I want to do. He knows everything about us. You know what amazes me is that we're really kind of duh. It's like this. Uh, Yeah, I'm doing this in secret. No, you're not. You are not. The Bible says your life is laid up nakedly before him. He knows our thoughts before we think them. He knows our words before we say them. He knows our attitudes before we have them. You you just can't hide. 
And it's like, he knows everything. So just be honest with him. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. But can you imagine being connected to someone who knows everything? Here's what happens when you flow in the gifts of the Spirit. You, you tap into the all-knowing God, and all of a sudden, he tells you just a little bit about a person's life. It's called the word of knowledge. And sometimes he lets us know a little bit about our life. Because he wants us to know what he knows in order for us to overcome what he wants us to overcome. And so it's, it's he knows everything. His sovereignty. All nations are as a drop in a bucket as the dust on the scales to him. One verse in the Bible says the nations are like nothing. You know what nothing is? Nothing is a zero with a rim knocked off. There's nothing there. We, we, we come into the web of sovereignty. I am connected to my sovereign God who actually rules everything and there's nothing, there's no nation even that is bigger than he is. And if he thinks a nation is nothing, as nothing, you know what? Our problems to him are as nothing when we come into his web. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His sovereignty. He is enthroned above the circle of the earth. Verse 21 and 22. He spreads out the heavens. He rules over all people. 23 and 24. His uniqueness. He cannot be compared to anything or anybody. This is about... This is God through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit telling Isaiah, tell my people that this is who they're interweaving their life with. This is who you're coming to wait on. This is who you're connecting with. These are my, this is partly of who I am to you wherever you are. Isn't that awesome? And what he does, he, he, gives, he gives the people an invitation. And that's verse 27. I want to close with reading this. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my ways are hidden from the Lord? When he's all-knowing. And my just claim is passed over by my God. How many of you have just claims you have right now? God does not pass over your just claim. He is here to meet your just claim. So he's, he's, now, he's now asking them questions to try and open up their heart and mind to respond. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. Have you not heard? Don't you know? 
And he's trying to tell the people, listen, this is who I am. This is who I want you to know who I am. This is how I am presenting myself to you. To give power to the weak, to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who intertwine themselves with God, those who wait on the Lord, shall renew or exchange their strength for his. And what happens when you exchange your strength for his? They, or you, shall mount up with the wings like an eagle. And you will run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. He gives them an invitation and he asks them questions about, why do you say that your problem is overpassed by me? Or overlooked. Why do you say that my justice is overlooked? When I know everything, I'm all powerful, I can deal with anything, I'm sovereign, the nations mean nothing to me. But you know what? If you come and just intertwine yourself with who I am, this is what I have to offer you. My God, somebody ought to say amen. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. Somebody ought to say thank you, Lord. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to exchange my weakness for his strength so that I can soar like an eagle. I can walk and not be weary. I can walk in life uh, and I can overcome uh, and everything that I face will fall before my God. Pastor David told me to be done by quarter after and I'm two minutes late. Your cause has not been neglected. Your case has not been forgotten. Your life, your life is in the hands of the one who is eternal. Your life is in the word that never fails, never ends. Your life is in there. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for how you describe yourself to us so that we know who we're connecting with, who we're interwiving, who we're waiting on, who, where our expectations is coming from. Thank you, Father, that you give us a revelation that just blows our mind. And I just pray that the rest of this week that we would be aware of who you are and that we would, we would actually come and actually become part of the web of who you are and get entangled in there like a fly in a spider's web that can't get away. I love to get caught up and attached to who you are. Amen. Father, we ask you to bless this soup, bless our fellowship in Jesus' name. Everybody sad? If you need any ministry, I'll wait here for a few minutes after. God bless you.